Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. I tell always these young guys, and I tell other people that may be in business for a couple of years, oh, I'm hot right now. Listen to me, you're lucky right now. Now, you can't be lucky for 30 years. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. You can be lucky for five. You can cover up mistakes and stuff like that in five-year period. But once you start getting to that five to seven-year period, you, you're going to see some stuff that you're going to have to overcome that you've never seen before. And that's when you know you're real, you get your stripes. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gathers. And each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears and let's get into this. Come on. Good people. Dr. Sekou Gathers here. Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Will Castro, celebrity car customizer, reality TV star, and author. He's customized cars of too many celebrities to name here. I do mention them in the interview. But his story is interesting, and not only because of the celebrities, but because of the way in which, you know, he rose from a single mother household on the Lower East Side, selling newspapers to running a multi-million dollar organization to having tax problems, to almost going to jail, <laughs> to, and to now getting back on top. And during the pandemic, having more business uh, than ever. His truth was realizing that his downfall was caused by having too many yes men and that his arrogance and brashness uh, was, you know, both a gift and a curse. Some topics we covered during the interview were uh, his approach to customer service business principles for success, things that work for him, and how he runs his organization similar to a sports franchise. So it was interesting. This is a real good one. Sit back, relax, and let's do it. Good people. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. I am your humble host, Dr. Sekou Gathers. And today, this is a big one. I've got a legend with us, folks. Got a legend, so you, you, y'all need to listen uh, listen up and listen clearly. Mr. Will Castro, what's going on, Will? How you doing, man? How you doing, Dr. G? I'm really happy and honored to be on your podcast. Man, I'm, I'm happy and, and honored that you, you, that you agreed to come on. Um, for those that don't know, people may know Will from his other, from his companies, uh, Unique Whips, Unique Autosports, Unique Rides, and now Unique Auto Worldwide. Had a, a television show in the 2000s, has done customized cars for a lot of people, Carmelo Anthony, Timberland, Fat Joe, Puffy, DJ Envy, Boxer Bernard Hopkins, Buster Rhymes, on, Pamela Anderson, on and on and on and on and on. You'll get, yeah, you'll get tired of doing that. Yeah, man. I'm like, <laughs> is there anybody you didn't do a car for? Oh, there's a lot of celebrities out there, but, you know, obviously we've done a, a good share. 
Yeah, and um, Will put out a book last year. It's funny, 2020 is gone so fast. It feel like the book just came out in 2019, uh, Unique Hustle, My Drive to Be the Best Car Customized in Hip Hop and Sports. And it's a great read. I started reading it, and before I knew it, I was like halfway through it in like probably an hour and change. Like it reads fast, but the thing I like about the book, just to give it a quick plug, we'll talk about it again at the end, is that you can tell that Will really wrote it from his heart and his soul. It gives you a great picture of exactly what he went through on his rise to the top. So I highly recommend it for anybody that is sitting home in the pandemic and wants something to to inspire them and, and check it out. So thanks for putting that out, Will. I appreciate that. Appreciate yeah, man. That. Oh, the other thing I wanted to just say, you may get into it, is part of your story is Will grew up on the Lower East Side of, of New York, used to sell papers, used to used to be a paper, you know, uh, paper, used paper to sell route. a post, right? Yeah, post right there on uh, on, on Border Street. Yeah, Border Street, and went from there all the way up to multi million dollar, um, not just business, but got into TV production and, and, and doing shows. So his rise is, was was meteoric and cat and, and and amazing, and we're going to get into it. So, well, uh, I'm going to just give a quick synopsis for the people that may be new listeners to the show. What we talk about here on the Truth Prescription is the truth. Because the the truth is something that they say it'll set you free. I say it'll set you free if you let it, because it's something that we often ignore because it's often uncomfortable and it's it's difficult and it's hard to it's hard to accept sometimes. But what I found and what my guests know is that once you accept truth, you you're gonna find that you're gonna have breakthroughs in your life. So, Will, either in your personal life or professional life, Tell the listeners something, a story about a truth that maybe you either ignored or you weren't aware of, that once you accepted it, you had a full breakthrough. I had a lot of yes men around me when I was going through a lot of my success. A lot of yes men. And what happens is you always want to bring a lot of your friends with you from the beginning, the day ones. You want to bring them around and have them be part of your success, your fame, your fun. Just bring them around because you know they got your back 100%. But that's not always the case, you know, because sometimes, you know, you need that guidance. You need somebody to tell you, no, you're doing the wrong things or something like that. So I was at a young age. I mean, I, I think we've, I've been very blessed, number one. I've just been very blessed. I mean, thank thank God. I thank God every day. I pray every day because without him, I wouldn't be here today. I'm in my 50s now and I've been able to see so many different things. Look at it. We're going through a pandemic election crazy election happening yeah it's just you know like look at tom brady for instance you know and, I, and that's why i named my one of my companies called unique auto sports because i'm into autos i'm into sports look at tom brady a lot of people thought that he's over the hill all right well you know we'll go, he's gonna prove everybody wrong at the end of the year he may be uh, I, i'm pretty sure he's gonna be competing to at least be in the super bowl but he's supposed to be over the hill patriots gave up on him well belichick did but then you got you know you got lebron james Right. 17 years in the game. You know what I'm saying? A, a, a dear friend of mine, been fortunate and, and blessed enough to, to not only just do his cars, but also get to know him on a personal level. And I look up to him, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And, 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 you know, this, this young man, when I met him was only 19 years old. Wow. You know, he's 17 years in the league and he's still performing at the top level, top three in the game. And everybody wants to compare him or, or he wants to, they, they want to compare him to Michael Jordan. And, you know, I didn't get to know Michael. I met him a few times already, obviously, but I got to know LeBron James as a personal. And I'll tell you one thing. I don't know. I mean, in 17 years when Michael was in the league, 
you know, he wasn't performing at his top level as LeBron is. And they both played different positions. Sure. When it comes to Michael, he's the greatest of all time. They ain't nobody going to beat him. They can only, and that's not what they, you know, when people that try to compare LeBron's, LeBron knows that. He's the greatest of all time. Right. But give this man his respect that he's due because he is still performing at seven and 17 years in the league at the top level. And not only that, he does things on the court. What about all the things he does off the court? Sure. And there's a lot of things that he does also that, that doesn't get recognized and it's, and it's highlighted. He does a lot of things for the communities. And I look up to him because I got to hear his story. And I put some of that in my book that, you know, this young man at 19 years old, he already had this dream in his head about the school, the foundation. This man, he has a great team around him between Randy, Maverick, Rich. Like, they got a great squad. And, and, and that's what it is. You can't have all those yes men. And that's what he didn't have. He didn't have those yes men. He made sure all of those guys always contribute to the success of the brand of LeBron. Okay. And, and that's what it was. So in my case, having yes men and not getting the right proper guidance, I made a lot of mistakes. And I, you know, I, I acknowledge that. And some of the things that you, to, to go back to your question, yeah, one of the things that probably was the wrong thing to do was be arrogant. Arrogant and too brash. Mm. It's tough, Will, because that arrogance, you know, is kind of like what got you to a certain place, right? Who would think a guy from the Lower East Side could do a call for Eric Sherman and blow up? Like, where did that come from, right? You have to have a certain amount of arrogance to get, you know, a confidence to get to a certain place. When you're young, you can get away with it. Yes. When you're young, you can't get away with it. I notice that at my age now, I don't even have the energy to be arrogant. So, like, that, I don't. I just don't have, you know, your tolerance level is so low. Yeah. You just don't want to have any competition. Yes. I think that, you know, coming from, from the Northeast, you say you're from Brooklyn. I'm from Lower East Side. You come already from the projects already less fortunate, less privileged. Okay. Less educated. Don't have the resources. Most of the time it's a single parent home like mine's. My dad left when I was seven. So we're less privileged to a lot of these things and we're not as educated and, and, and we don't have the proper schooling or the resources. So what happens is you come out maybe as a teenager. I know that's how it was for me already with a chip on my shoulder, with a negativity about life or right. And that's why I tell my kids this now. I said, listen, when you go to school and you got the, the friend that nobody wants to hang out with, you know what I'm saying? Think that he's a nerd. That's the guy that you need to be around. <laughs> Let me tell you something. He's the one that you're going to need down the road, not the tough guy. Right. You, need the, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. and, and that's what it is. It's like, we don't have enough educated minorities that succeed in college or education and be in the professional business like yourself. You know, there's not enough doctors, not enough lawyers, not enough judges, not enough Congress people. That's what we need. And that's why this country is in a bad situation. That's why we're always angry. You know what I'm saying? So now we're trying to make a change. And I believe that there is a change being happening. You know what I'm saying? There is. You know, politics is going to be politicians. I mean, that's what it is. But and I, I'm not into politics and I don't want to talk about politics, but, <laughs> With the election <laughs> but that's a whole other story. But I just feel like knowing you, you're coming from, from, from the projects, you already have a, already a, a, a red flag already. So if you're not already taught to be kind and humble, you're not going to get taught that because coming out of, out of the projects, you got to be tough. You got to have a little grit or you're going to get stepped on and walked all over. And that's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it is. It's, it's always a challenge. Every day you come out the apartment building. Tell me about the, the yes men. Like, 
Can you tell me a story like, well, maybe where a yes man said yes and you should have told him no? Wow, that's probably a lot of them. And let me see, I'm a little brain, <laughs> brain fried on that. And you, and, and, and you don't have to name any names. No, no, no. And if I you know, can't I, remember, it's cool. I just, uh, I like that concept. I wrote down in my notes here, uh, tell no to the yes man. Tell a yes man no. Yeah, show your, your success on screen. You didn't rent the home, but you got a mortgage, but you put your television, your mansion with a pool house with a pool on the bottom and put that on television. Uh, that should have been a no. That should not have been like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it like an MTV Chris. Well, guess what? Right. Now you got, you know, you, you're on high alert now. Right. The you know fence, what I'm saying? And that, yeah. that put, you know, that it's a gift and a curse. Right. So that's when I should have told them no. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? No, I get it. You, know, you don't just it. put everything on, on TV. You don't put everything. And if I would have known a little more back then, that I know now it's different. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't put everything out there for everybody, you know? So, yeah. And there's ways to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rent it a home, rent it a studio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that, that would have been that. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. One of the things, you know, you've done a lot of, a lot of people's vehicles over the years. And one of the things that people highlight, even in different interviews is kind of like your approach to customer service, how they feel with the product and how they feel with, with you even saying you sometimes will fly all the way across country just to have a conversation with somebody. Tell me about your approach to customer service in general and, and maybe how it's changed over the years. Well, for instance, there's social media. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, there's a lot of stunting, and a lot of flexing mm. on the gram where people are rotating pictures of different cars. It's the same cars. <laughs> what I loved about back then to what it is now I love back then, everything was word of mouth. You had to do a phenomenal job for you to get business. Now people are stunting to get business. There's a difference. Before, it was word of mouth. There was no social media, no MySpace. When I was doing all of this stuff, shit, there was not even a website out back then. There was no service for websites. So at the end of the day, is you did a call and you had to be on fire for people to talk about you and be like, yo, call my man. This is his number. Right. Call him. There's no two-way pages. I was doing this before two-way pages and all that. The zap and all of that. This is all way before all of that stuff. Like, basically, you had to have a catalog to show people. That means you had to have people skills, not just be savvy on the email, on a text, or some FaceTime stuff. So you had to really be able to be a personable face-to-face, -face, have a personality to be able to, to close a sale, close a deal. You got to have some kind of charisma and have also knowledge of your, your craft. And that's what, you know, the difference is from there to now is like, you know, you got all the likes and glitter on social media, you know what I'm saying? Or you have the uh, links, you know, you can get a link from Germany and say, hey, I did that call. Ah, so that's what, when you say stunting, that's what you mean. People are basically yeah, making it up. They didn't and make, they didn't don't do really the call. Know what kind of work they do. You don't right. know really what to Back then when it was word of mouth, you were doing that person's call and they had to co-sign you. Right. That's the only way you were getting work. Right? Think about it. Yeah. Nah, this is true. Or car shows. You know, you bring and you showcase your stuff at car shows. I mean, you know, I used to I used to love the Funk Flex car shows. Yeah. Because we used to buy them every year. <laughs> I, mean, we, we, I mean, we had every first place trophy in our showroom for every show he did. I mean, it was one year, what, Swiss? We did his car that year. We, you know, baby cash money, we did the same thing. Buster Rhymes, Wyclef, we did all of their cars. So every year we was winning. And it was all those trophies. So Flex is like, yo, Will, which, where's those trophies? They're in my showroom, more of them. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, it was, it was a fun time. Those were fun times. So you would say your approach to customer service was 
be personable, do the best, have the best craftsmanship, have the best product, basically. Outwork everybody, just have the best product and and just, you know, stand behind it, you know, stand behind your job. And and that was really what got us to where we are. And then, you know, then from there, obviously MTV Cribs and then, you know, after MTV Cribs, that's that's where everything blew up for us with, you know, with Busta and Eminem and, and you know, Redman and Eric Sherman and we were running the game. I mean, yeah. at that, yeah. we couldn't, they couldn't even touch couldn't us. Stop you. New, you know, New York, New York hip hop was at the height of his height. You know what I'm saying? Like Mob Deep. I mean, we had everybody. So just everyone was in New York. New York was all fire. And then it just, you know, it, it transcended down to Florida. And, you know, that's when we opened up our shop in Florida in 2010. Yeah, that was unique rides, right? All my customers had winter homes down there. So I was like, I was, kept on losing business in the winter. I'm like, yo, how do, what am I, what, what am I shipping? I said, I didn't get that call. We didn't do that call. So why am I losing that business? Right. Say, yo, well, I was down here in the winter side, just happened to pop top this, and then the dealership sent it to this dude. Uh, I'm like, nah, we gotta stop that shit. I'm gonna open up my shop down there. <laughs> I'm losing too much business because now these guys are spending a lot more time down there. Yeah. And that was right after, you know, obviously the whole 9 11 and stuff like that. So we, you know, we needed to open up that shop because everybody, once 9 11 hit, everybody started transcending to Texas and LA and, and Florida. So I'm like, man, we need to move our shop so that we don't lose that revenue. And that's when we opened up our shop in, in Miami. And, and then we had, you know, obviously the, the biggest cosign was Khaled and Joe and, and Diddy. That was, you know, they were migrated down there. You know what I'm saying? And Nori and, and all those guys. So we had all of that. You also talk about in the book how you felt there was a part of you, even though you were doing well down there, that felt like you were running from something. Yes. You want to talk well, about I mean, that? Obviously, it's public, it's public uh, awareness. I went through a tax situation. Not having the education properly, not having a good attorney, not having a good accountant, and fell into a really bad situation for being naive, dumb, and didn't know nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that was what it was. I wasn't, you think that you make $10, you keep the whole $10. Nah, you only keep four, <laughs> maybe five. You know? <laughs> right. So, you know, that, 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 was the, that was the problem there because coming from, from the projects, I didn't go to college. I mean, you know, I barely had a 12th grade degree, you know, uh, education. No, I, they, I barely squeaked out of, you know, high school. So I didn't have the right proper education. I didn't have a father figure to go to and didn't have that, that, that savvy with the admin stuff, which is more important than anything, you know, paperwork, you know, if you let it get, if you let it just keep burying it up, you're going to get, you're going to get really crushed. And yeah. that's what happened. And, you know, once it's, it gets overwhelming, you're not to get out of it. So it was just something that, you know, just, you're just walking away and, you know, ignoring it and being naive and not opening up your mail. So one great person that became a really mentor to me and he's not around no more, rest in peace, Dave Trauma. He was, you know, he said, well, you know, you're going to avoid it, all this nonsense. I mean, you didn't have anybody that can tell you just to open up your mail and read it. He said, he said, it's called open up the mail. Don't get scared of IRS, you know, open the mail, read it. Just read the mail. It tells you what to do, who to call. He said, you're going to say, you know, he, he made a joke out of it. I was like, damn, thank, thank God you can laugh about that shit. He goes, all you had to do was just open up your mail. Yeah. Today I, I I was I was talking to somebody and what I feel like a lot of minorities go through and less fortunate is that we get taught to make cash, keep the cash in your pocket, don't pay Uncle Sam. That's how we get taught. They they definitely do that. Just pay get paid off the books or get paid cash. And then when you're making money. You go find a friend that has good credit and you put the car into his name and all this other nonsense. No, you don't have to do all of that. Yeah. Not, what I've known in a, in, a, in a late age is, man, 
how important it is to just file taxes, have a tax return, even if you're not even a paid all up front or paid all, just knowing you filed and you're a citizen yeah. and you show your income, yeah. you'll be able to get credit. You'll be able to buy a home. You can't do that if you make if you're paying cash. And they don't teach that in high school, man. No. And that's the problem. No. That's the problem. What they do is, oh, you can be your own business owner. Go get yourself a $20 business card, you know, <laughs> 500 business cards. Now you're a businessman. Take your $500, go to a Chase bank, open up a Chase account, and then you get jammed up. They don't yeah. teach you all the little things no. that need to really, and that's what we're going to try to do with this book. With the, that's why I put the book out. We want to do speaking engagements. Oh, yeah. You know, obviously that put a, a stoppage right now with the speaking engagement. We were doing a lot of stuff. Uh, we did stuff with um, Brooklyn Automotive. We've done some stuff uh, with uh, also the Jamaica High School. We're trying to give back to the kids. We've given these books out as textbooks, and then we're trying to try to put a program together where we can speak to these kids about, you know, it doesn't matter if you're going to be in the automotive business or you want to be a plumber, but just know, you know, there's some administration and permits and licenses you have to figure out before you think you're going to be making money. Right. Right. No, you know, because you you know, when you do a side job, you do a plumbing job or whatever, you get 500 you picked up a couple of things at Home Depot and then you made $380 profit. Well, that's not the way it works in, in the real world, you know? And, and they just need to learn that because I didn't know, I didn't learn that to a late, late mistake, you know what I'm saying? And it, it was very, very costly. And, you know, I needed to get out of New York yeah. to answer your question and yeah, just stressful to also. reset very, button. It's very yeah, stressful for you. The button. Yeah, it was very stressful, very yeah. stressful. And it, was it around that time you had a divorce or it was that, that was happening? Nah, same time. It's called the triple threat. I know people <laughs> that had the triple threat with, you know, divorce, bankruptcy, taxes, going to jail. I had two friends of mine that, that committed suicide just because of stuff like that. And just like, you know, people, you know, they, they, they lose their minds and something like that. You know, you think your world, the world's going to end. Yeah. You know, your life's going to end. Meanwhile, I don't know, my, my grandfather, you know, is my guardian angel and, and God just looked at me and said, listen, I don't care if you 20 million in debt or you owe 20 million dollars. Your life is more precious than that. You got children that you have to raise. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not about money. It's right. about, you know, it's wellness now. I'm about that wellness and trying to take care of my health and just be in a better positive spirit. That's great. Uh, you know, you don't need a lot of things as you get older, too. <laughs> Especially just during this COVID time. You really realize, shit, I learned how to do some chefing now. I like to cook. That's my hobby. <laughs> Cooking is my hobby right now. So I just like, forget about going to fancy dinners. I just rather cook at home. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you this. In your business, you got basically, we were talking a little bit about business. Obviously, you have the operational side, but then in terms of the actual work on the cars, you got creatives. I call them creatives versus technicians, right? You got the people that visualize, hey, let's do this white piping and put this green, you know, crocodile, whatever, whatever crazy thing you come up with, right? That's you. And then you have the technicians who actually implement the plan. This is a difficult question because you're probably going to have your employees listening to this. But it's not about like which one is more important. But I would say, what's the best way that they could work together? Because I know sometimes as a boss and you have employees and you're asking them to realize a certain vision for a client and then either they don't get it right or maybe they may feel a way. How do you think that those interactions go together, the creative and the technician? The way I look at it, like I said, I've always named my, you know, I always emulated my company of a formula of a sports team. Okay. And I always go through on a basketball level because basically we have a a five-man team and two off the bench. So at the end of the day, 
I'm the head coach and the general manager. Okay. So I'm, I'm creating the game. I'm, I'm the head coach and the manager. I'm the one that's putting the game plan together. I'm creating the vehicle. And then I got to give them how they got to execute that play. Got it. Yeah, no, I'm not letting the artist or the technician do that. Because that's where it gets real, you know, that's like letting your players just do what they want to do. Right. Just come and that, down and that, chuck, that, chuck. That's, a, that's not a recipe for success. Right. So, right. you know, it's my way or the highway. That's one thing that we, you know, <laughs> it, hey, I'm Bill Belichick. I'm Bill, I'm Bill Parcells. Like, this is how, this is how it's got to be. Right. Like, until we're proven wrong with our track record that we're not making a profit or we, you know, we're not doing enough good jobs or whatever, then we'll start listening. But in this time, you know, we this is how it goes. I'm gonna design it. This is how it's gonna be because each project has a different budget, and we have to stay within that budget and that time frame for that. So then we can be a profitable company. Okay. So right. at the end of the day, is each person has their own department. So that means your audio guy can't stitch up interiors. That's what Buju does. Buju does the stitching. So okay. Buju can't do the audio guy. So basically, I'm the one that puts it all into motion and be like, all right, here we go. This is where it's gonna, you're going to start this process. We're going to start the paint process. You're okay. going to start the running the wires. At the end of the day, the end result is at the same together. Yeah. We all meet at the same thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's how it's worked for me. So then what happens is if you give them too much title, then they feel entitled. And they feel like they're running the show, and then that's a problem. We just want you to be a master at this. We don't need you to be a master of, I don't want you being a real estate agent, the plumber, and the electrician. What are you good at? This is what we need you to do. That's it. Right, right, right. So I have professionals in what they do, and that, and then we leave it at that. Okay. So, you know, it's just like, a, you know, it's like an architect. And then you got the engineer. You know, the engineer is not going to tell the architect what to do. The engineer knows, you know, this is where the structure needs to be. You, you can't wear all the hats. You got to right. be good at something. So that's right. where I, that's why I, I, that's how, how I did my recipe. I like the sports analogy. That's, that's great. As you were talking, I was also thinking about a film producer, right? Cause that's what, a, essentially what a film producer does. He hires the director, he hires the yeah, actors. Yeah, I, do, I do line produce and yeah. I do all that stuff. <laughs> right. Line, and with, right. Cause you produce, you, you produce the show as well. Yes, so I do. You, yes. you know, you know what, yeah. what production, you know, is involved. I've done. I know what's involved in that as well. I mean, I have to learn that, you know, for, for 18 years. So, yeah. I, mean, I, I got, you know, I got infatuated with that as well. I got to learn. Yeah. You know, I just wanted dope. to know how, what that was about. And, and now we have our own production company called Willpower Films. We got that LLC as well. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Yeah. I don't think uh, Michelle knows this. I've, I've done, since 2016, I've done seven shorts, produced, written, or directed. So. That's awesome. That's it, a very hard job, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't realize, man, that's just a lot. Yo, this, it is. Uh, podcast, you know, coming up with content, coming up with a formula. I mean, yeah, there's guys that do podcast. I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. People don't understand. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah. But you, well, you're super creative, right? So it's, it's just, it's just like putting on a different hat because your creativity doesn't end there. Once you're creative, you're creative. You can you can just create yeah, anything. You have so. an open vision. Yeah. No, for sure. It's not for a sure. tunnel. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. A lot of my clients are creative, creatives, artists, entrepreneurs, but everybody has to understand basic business principles other than, you know, the biggest lesson, which was you need to have a, a decent operational staff in place that, you know, understands your HR, your accounting, tax implications, that kind of stuff. Just basic business principle. What do you think? How, how, how has it changed over the years? And what's the biggest lesson you learned? Wow. 
For me yeah. or for, for someone getting into business for you, now? For you, for Will. For me, I mean, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm super blessed. And I keep saying that because it's true. I work so hard on keeping my name relevant and also, you know, very trustworthy around my clients, you know, that they could count on me at any time, any given moment, any day. And that has paid off. And, 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 and what I mean by that is during this whole COVID year of 2020, I think that if you didn't have any foundation or relationships, because it's right. all about relationships. Right, here we go. And I have relationships 30 years from ago. Like when we talk about Timberland, Buster Rhymes, you know, these guys I've been working with, Fat Joe, we're talking over 25 years of relationships. I tell always these young guys, and I tell other people that's planning on, you know, that, that may be in business for a couple of years. Oh, I'm hot right now. Boom, boom. Listen to me. You can be lucky right now. Right. Now, you can't be lucky for 30 years. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. You just don't get lucky for 30 years. So you can be lucky for five. You can, you can, you can cover up mistakes and stuff like that in five-year period. But once you start getting to that five to seven-year period, you, you're going to see some stuff that, you, that you're going to have to overcome that you've never seen before. And that's when you know you're real. You get your stripes after your seventh year. Yeah. So that's what I be telling people. You yeah. Know, that, uh, long, that longevity is important. Yeah. So to me, it's all about relationships and, and having those relationships and for years and years and just always being there for them. And guess what? Same thing for them. They're like, yo, you know what? I've been dealing with Will for many, many years. I'm not going to mess with anybody else. Yeah. I'm just going to call him. He'll tell me if he got COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, like, yeah, you want people that you you know, like, you you, yeah. you got to be honest, like, you know, no, we're not going to go see somebody that we don't really know, you know what I'm saying, right. or, or stuff like that. You really don't want to do that right now. Has business sped up, slowed down, been the same since COVID? Now nah, we increased. I can imagine, because people at home, they're looking we, at their cars they're home, like... Man, they're home, they're not traveling, man, so they're like, yo, I need to do this, I need to do that. Yeah, we're busy. We're really, I mean, we're blessed, man. Like, I, we're closing out our fourth quarter like crazy. Like, it's going to be a, an increase this year. So we're very blessed and happy about that. That also does a little gut check for yourself too. Like, yo, man, you know, because I know it could it could be, it could play mind tricks on you too. Like if you feel like you're not overachieving and stuff like that, you're like, man, did I do something wrong? What am I doing? You know, you start second guessing yourself too. Like, man, why is my numbers flat? Or why are they dipping? You know what I'm saying? But no, we we obviously are in a good space. So so we're, you know, we're very positive and just been very blessed. Yeah, and it starts with you, right? Because you, you, you've you created that that family environment, that team environment. People want to come. They want to work. You have the relationships on the other end to keep them employed. So yeah. it's, a, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I mean, our workers, you know, obviously they're 1099s. We made them, you know, we, we, we got really uh, strict on that too as well. Uh, they have their own insurances. They have their own shops and stuff like that. So we we able to to help them out to be better business people as well. Right. No, they're very happy. Like you know, like if they're working on a, a celebrity call, LeBron James, compared to John Doe down the block, what's more interesting at dinner time talking with your family and your kids? Right. You know, you doing LeBron <laughs> James that just finished winning the championship, or yeah. the guy John Doe that just came from Con Ed. I mean, that's just keeping right. real. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, yeah, Con Ed is keeping the, the lights on. You know right. what I'm saying? But, <laughs> Hey, but literally he's keeping the lights on. But you know, it's it, 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 it's a good thing that you're working on people's 
cars that are global status icons. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, and they're not local. Our business is not local. Our business is everywhere. So they like a car from state. like let's say if you do a car from LeBron, what is he? They ship it here. They ship it to Long now, Island. We have our own transporting uh, brokerage that we pick up cars and drop them off. We just dropped off three cars off for Meek Mills. You know, in Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? We pick them up all over the place. So, you know, we just have, we're very blessed, man. Just like I told you, it's just uh, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Great. I heard you got a great clientele too now. <laughs> I'll interview on our podcast and then we'll go For sure, that. let's do it. We'll talk <laughs> about, talk I about. You, I got to get you on Unique Radio. Absolutely, let's do it. We'll talk to you about, about the vet. All right, let's jump into a little yes or BS, Will. So I'm going to make a okay. statement and uh, you say yes or BS and then you can expound or... Why do I have a funny feeling these questions have already been premeditated? Oh, absolutely. There's nothing funny oh. about that. There, oh, <laughs> the, you know, go ahead. The, your feeling is correct. <laughs> you say your feeling is correct. All right. Yeah. Number one, wealth and success are not the same. Yes. They're not the same. Well, it's all related to something that I would think of. So basically, do you want money or do you want respect? I'll take respect all day. Money comes and goes. So they're almost, they're almost similar to what you're saying right there. Sort of. Wealth and success. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, it's the same thing. Money or respect. I mean, I'd rather be successful and be talked about how many things I've done to help others than how much I've made. There you go. Okay. So I hope that, that answers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Number two. Athletes are easier to deal with than artists. Bullshit. (laughs) 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 Oh shit, oh shit, BS, my bad. You say bullshit if you want to say bullshit. Oh shit. shit. Guess what? They both created, they both were paid in that. Okay. I hear Buster is real specific, real detailed. Oh, yeah. He's definitely... He's definitely... I thought I was unique. Buster's definitely unique. (laughs) Buster's definitely unique. Yeah, he just came out with a whole bunch of new music. Oh, my God. He's killing it right now. All right. Big shout out to Buster with that new new album out of So Fire. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a couple cuts. This is hot. Number three. People tend to customize interior more than exterior. Yes. I'll tell you why. Yeah, tell us why. Well, because of Giuliani's laws. Uh, if you got too much of a profile car on the outside, it's in my book. You get pulled over. They profile you. Right. So guess what? Now we reversed it. Now we do custom interiors. <laughs> they keep everything <laughs> nice inside. <laughs> right. There you go. You got your, you know, you got your, you know, you got your cristal or whatever you want to put it in, your, your champagne holders in there, <laughs> your blunt holder, whatever you want. You got everything inside the car. Lighting, starlights. You got everything you want. Right. All kind of lighting, everything is in there. I got to say this. This this moment just came to me uh, on <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne asked you, do you, do you do y'all accept money from drug dealers? <laughs> I said, what's wrong with this guy? This guy's crazy, <laughs> man. <laughs> Why is he asking listen, you that? I, Hey, you know what I do now? I, I'll be honest with you. I don't even do that no more. Hey, listen, right. that, we do not do that. So basically, we vet our customers. We vet them. I mean, it's just, for me, that's at, at my age and at my state right now it's like i'm about really just hey listen no problem we can do your car do a wide transfer no credit card bank check give right. me your vin number the whole nine yards and we good right. you know what i'm saying clean 
Yeah, that's it. We keep it, we keep our transactions very clean, very audible. Right, <laughs> right. They can do an audit, no problem. Right, here it is. Bam, here's the yeah, paper. We don't, yeah, we want to transparent. <laughs> I don't want to be dealing with none of that nonsense. I'm too old for that. Look, yeah. The young guys. No, nah, that was that was that was the past. You you passed that already. You done. Yeah, no, I'm done with that. Number four, Will Castro has achieved the American dream. To an extent, I don't think I plateaued. I think I'm learning something new every day. Um, I'm always trying to strive to be better every day. No, I don't think I've done every celebrity in the world, neither. Uh, I got some people. I want to do something for Mike Tyson. If, if Mike, if you listen to this one day, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that, you know, I would still like to, to that's uh, very iconic and on my bucket list that I would like to, to meet and also do something for them. Um, so, no, I don't feel like I've uh, achieved the, the complete American success. To an extent, yes, absolutely. You know, from coming from where I came from and what I was able to experience, where I was able to travel. We published a book. They told me I couldn't publish a book. I was able to do that. I felt like that was more harder than doing a television show, to be honest. Wow. Who told you you couldn't publish a book and why? Just people in general. Like, I had some doubters. You know, there's always haters and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? A little inside intel and stuff like that. But, you know, I wanted to do that. I wanted to take time out for a year to do that. And to say, hey, I was able to publish a book. The book you know? is great and it's super readable. It's, so. an, easy, it's an easy read. Super I wanted readable. it to be an easy read for, for, for also young teenagers and stuff that could pick up the book, uh, not be intimidated by words. We also have our audio booked as well through Apple. You know, we wanted to just be relatable to everyone else that, that has come out the way I came out. I'm not the only story like this. I mean, there's a million that's come out of the projects and and some were fortunate, some were better fortunate than I was, you know what I'm saying? And, and was able to get a, a great team around them to, to not fall into those traps. But listen, I, it made me the person I am today. You know what I'm saying? It definitely got me to be more humble, I'll tell you that. Yeah, humility is everything. Number five, reality TV is not reality. Well, <laughs> unique, which was, <laughs> I'll, I'll say BS on that because... We were the first in 2003 before the, the Kardashians. So we were one of the first reality TV shows, and people, some people do know that. We had the non-scripted, authentic, raw, and a raw production company, which I didn't own at that time, obviously. Uh, it was owned by Fox and Speed Channel. And no, it was, it was very, very raw. I mean, a lot of things that came out of that TV show wouldn't be able to be aired now. Just crazy shit that we did. Words that we used. Not that I'm going to get into. I mean, just, you know, and I'll be honest, I was on a redneck channel. Just thinking, you know, we have here a Spa uh, an Hispanic with his whole clientele, mainly black. Like, you know, and we're on a redneck channel, NASCAR channel at that point. So, you know, my, my uh, Jim Libertor, they gave us the opportunity, was a big hip hop fan and stuff like that. He, he, he went across the grain. And we were doing over a million viewerships every time they, they aired the show on prime time at 10 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? So, we, yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing time and an, an amazing experience. So I got to learn a lot of things. So, yeah, the, you know, I just think that at that point, reality was definitely reality at that point. But now, no. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more scripted now. Okay. Okay. And then you can, get through, you can get through the show. So if you're looking back then, yes. Now, no. <laughs> now, no. Okay. Yeah, because sometimes I feel like when I'm watching, I'm like, is this conflict real or they just make this up just to give us something to talk Conflicts, about? Conflicts, they, they fabricate those and they agitate 
They agitate you okay. to do that. Right. Yeah, they'll provoke it for then it becomes like a real argument where it shouldn't have been an argument, but they they can create it out of you, believe me. <laughs> yeah, they'll tell they'll tell two of my workers don't come in on time on purpose so they can see me flare up right. in the morning. Right. There you go. Right. Now I'm real pissed off. I'm right. like, yo, why, why are we gonna be late starting into this thing? Right, because you have, as you explained earlier, you have a certain timeline that these these cars need to be done by so you can move on to the next thing. Hold on a second. Number six, I think I know your answer to this. Respect is better than control. Yes. Yeah. Respect is definitely better than control. Straight up. That's all I got, man. This was great. I got to check off. All right. Yo, Dr. G, let's definitely link up so we yeah. can grab a little bite to eat. Yeah, too, that'd man. be great. Let's chop it up. All, all right, right, brother. Thank be good. You so much, brother. All right. All right peace. Take care.